Hi there, welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham. At some point in time, I'll get to do one of these where we've won a game and be a bit positive, but unfortunately, that's not today. We've possibly the worst game to lose. Uh, only two of us this week, because I didn't have four or five people on, and we talked for about three hours about a game that I don't really want to talk about. But uh, yeah, it's not a podcast on this week. It's uh, I play football with Giles, uh, five-a-side football. Uh, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. I would ask you the same, but I think I know the answer. So <laughs> yeah. We're going to have an hour yeah. of that. So uh, yeah. the the other reason there's only two. It's a Spurs fan, me, and an Arsenal fan, Giles. Um, yeah, but before we go on, I know you've got a a a, a blog going on. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, um, so I uh, I podcast, but I podcast mostly about video games. So. Um, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and a bit of streaming. I'm on a bit of a break over the summer, but if you follow me on Twitter at Giles Wright West, uh, you'll know when it's back. And I'm um, Giles Wright West on Xbox Live and PSN if you fancy a game of anything. Excellent. All of those uh, links will be in the description. If you're listening to the audio only, it'll be in the description there as well. Uh, Wayne's got, uh, got in touch. Morning, well, morning. Uh, evening, Wayne. Always a uh, on these always put it, watching uh, everybody's Spurs uh, channels. Uh, big up Wayne. Evening fellas. See a relegation battle on the horizon. Well, I'm sure we'll get into that. But uh, as I said, Giles is a uh, an Arsenal fan. So before we get on, I'll give you a minute. If you want to get it out of your system, here's your chance. You can have a minute. Me? Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I promise you, and I'm, I'm watching the back, so, uh, I promised I would be nice, but um, okay. yeah, no, I mean, you can you can tell from the smile, obviously, I've I've had a good weekend. <laughs> uh, I am not going to rub it in, and I think it's probably important to say, you know, I've, I've followed Arsenal for 30, God, 35 years, maybe. Um, so, and a lot of that has been good times. We've had some some fairly rough times too, as well in that period, the Bruce Rioch era, and and now mm. really. Um, and so, yeah. So, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not one to rub it in, but um, I will definitely celebrate. And uh, I was <laughs> certainly there was a bit of extra spice on yesterday's game. So, thanks for having yeah. me. No problem. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, well, let's get down to it, the debrief as it is. Uh, the attitudes of both teams, I, I, I said on the preview on Friday and then went on Luca's uh, stream, uh, this is Luca's life, if you don't follow that on YouTube, uh, give him a watch. Um, if we don't show the same attitude as Arsenal, we're going to lose and exactly what happened. I mean, very similar to when you went to uh, Brighton, Brentford, first game of the season, Anyone with a footballing brain knows Brentford, first game in the Premier League, first time fans are at the stadium for however long, they're going to be up for it. You've got to match that. You didn't, you got beat. And in the same vein, first North London derby at Arsenal where fans have been allowed for near on two years, possibly even two years. You know, you've had your three losses, first three games of the season, come off the back of two wins, uh, three if you include the League Cup, no goals conceded. So anyone with a footballing brain could tell that you were going to be up for that. If we didn't match that, we're going to be in trouble. Straight from our kickoff, Davis and Sanchez not ready. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. And then the first 10 minutes, absolutely shocking. Um, I ended up just watching Jamie Carragher's um, analysis before we came on, which I maybe shouldn't have done. But, I mean, we'll come on to the tactics a bit later. But the attitude was just absolutely awful. I mean, you must have been delighted with your attitude in the recent upturn in form. But uh, what did you make of the game and, and yeah, your attitude... At the start yeah. of the game, yeah, no, I think I think you nailed it, Chris. I think um, it was just it was amazing to see the difference, and I think it speaks to momentum. You know, we like you said, we had a dog of a start to the season. I think, to be honest, I think people overreacted. Although you know, no points from three games and bottom is obviously a no goal scored. Mm. You know, it's not a great start, to be fair. Um, but I think people overreacted. Brentford, I think, were pretty tough first day although we didn't turn up uh man city and, and chelsea you know they're always going to be tough tough games so it's been really good to see the change uh since then and i think yeah the just the momentum of both sides you know tottenham top at that um international break and i'm afraid kind of heading downwards and arsenal bottom and heading upwards so and it looked like that um first 10 15 minutes i thought we were brilliant 
Um, and then what was interesting to me, and I don't know what you think, is that there was a, I don't know if you remember, there was about a five-minute period after that where actually Tottenham played pretty well, I thought. Uh, you may disagree. <laughs> I can see the. Well, I, to be honest, I can't remember that. If there was that, I, I must have been crying into the pillow or something that happened. But um, I, uh, I, 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 I seem to remember we had a bit more of the ball, but I don't really remember us. You had, had, had a couple of chances, and I've I've had the I've had the good luck, and I suppose it's it's more on me to to watch bits again today because obviously it was. About <laughs> But um, it was really interesting to see that because I think that's another thing about Arsenal. We started off really well, but we've started games really well before against good opposition. And then in those five-minute periods where things change, we we just fall apart. And this time we didn't. Uh, and I think the whole of the first half in particular, Arsenal really, I mean, the energy coming out of Saka, Odegaard and Smith-Rowe in the middle, uh, the togetherness in defence and in defensive midfield, and Aubameyang looks like he's got the. He really had the bit between his teeth. I love the uh, Henri celebration for his goal. So yeah, overall, great attitude from us. And then Tottenham, I was I was really surprised. I mean, maybe I haven't watched. Well, no, I haven't watched as much of them this season as as you guys have, obviously. But yeah, if you can't get up for a North London derby, there's some issues there. I would say. Oh, absolutely. I, I can take losing to a better team. <laughs> but to not turn out, I mean, we play five aside. We're, we're not anywhere near as fit as these guys by any stretch of the imagination. But we at least try. <laughs> we at least try to turn up and play football. I mean, the second goal in particular was the one where Aubameyang flicked it round. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It, no, it, wasn't. it was the first goal, Smith-Rowe's goal. Hoiberg and, and Hoiberg's been given a lot of praise last season and this season, quite rightly so. Jogging, literally jogging. The the, the second goal where uh, Aubameyang flipped it round, where you almost got done by your goal kick. Yeah, he's looked for the foul though instead of going in. And I mean, it's not just him. It's unfair to me to just single him out. I mean, doesn't matter if you're world class, best striker in the world, best left wing in the world. Those first eleven, maybe except the lorries. I mean, if they didn't play in the next game at all, I wouldn't be upset if they're going to show that kind of attitude. I mean. Unacceptable, unacceptable to show that kind of attitude in a professional football match. You don't like the manager, you don't like the team, you don't like this, whatever. Fine. You at least try. I mean, I mean that second goal, <laughs> I must admit, I swore for about a minute non-stop after the second goal and stopped watching. I mean, you stop watching, uh, you saved yourself about another 15 minutes worth of uh, swearing there, I'd say. Um, but yeah, I mean... There was one bit in the first half. We had it at the back, Loris and the defenders playing it around. Your guys, uh, your front three or four or whatever, just yeah. closing us down, hammering us down. You were playing it at the back. We were just stood there. It just yeah. tells you everything you need to know. And, and you, you earn your wins in the Premier or in football. And that starts with trying to win the game. Not trying to win the game, but that starts with having the right attitude and not taking the opponent lightly and... and yeah, wanting to win. I, I just, but we've yeah. seen it three times now in three games: Palace for the whole game, Chelsea for the second half, Arsenal for the first half. We'll get on to the second half in a bit. In a bit, but I mean, and and Saka obviously had a bad summer. Unacceptable what happened to him. But even if he's playing terribly, and you're going to give him one on one with 15 yards either side, he's going to cause you problems. Yeah. Um, but you, you must have been delighted with the fact that. Neville said it in commentary, Spurs are there for the taking. And you basically won that game in the first, I don't know when a third goal went in, after half hour or 35 minutes. So you must have been delighted that you got the first goal, carried on and then just saw the game off and done by half time. Yeah, yeah. And it was a combination, I think. Just, just uh, I'm sure you, uh, I'm sure, I think we probably agree, but I, I disagree. Saka had a bad summer. I think he had a great summer. Just missed a penalty, oh. and that can. I, I, I mean, in terms of the um, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The but effect I mean, it must have had on him. I mean, exactly. In terms of confidence, I think his confidence mm. after, up to that point must have been absolutely soaring. You know, he's playing for England. He's playing really well. He's contributing. Um, but then, yeah, to come back from that, and I saw. I'm not a great stats guy, but I did pick up on um, on this that I think it was his first Premier League goal since like January or something. Um, yeah. So again, you know, as a player who 
you know, him and some of the other young players carried us last season to where we eventually didn't end up. So where we would have been without them is, is um, incredible. But um, yeah, I think it was great to see. I mean, you just think about it. He scored, Smith Rowe scored, Aubameyang got his goal. Uh, everyone was playing really smoothly together. I think the interchange party looks like he's really coming into form. Just just everything worked. And we, we finished our chances. That was the other thing. I think watching, you're right about energy and, and commitment, but um, I've, we've seen a fair number of those games as Arsenal fans uh, before uh, where we've just not had the end result. And this time... Um, this time we finished and you know again trying not to rub it in too much but I think part of that was Spurs giving us really clear-cut chances and um, that was that was alarming I think you're right to pick out um, your midfield as a whole actually and yeah probably like you said your whole team one way or another but the midfield gave the gave the defense no protection really and and some of those attacks um you know it took one pass to bypass them i'm used to seeing that but i'm used to seeing it from arsenal it was um you know personally but obviously not for this podcast it was it was quite nice to see another team doing it to be honest yeah. <laughs> well, we'll come on to the tax I, I i watched carragher's um piece uh about half hour ago i didn't realize how bad it was but uh what do you attribute your turnaround to? Do you think early, earlier in the season, it was just a bad few games to have? I mean, Brentford, you'd expect to win. You just didn't turn up with the right attitude. Man City, I know we beat them, but they'll either finish first or second, maybe third if Chelsea turn it around. But they're definitely in a title race. I can't remember who you had third. Um, we played Chelsea as well. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, so you had two title contenders and a team fully, fully on the up. So what, yeah. what do you what do you attribute Arsenal's turnaround to? Just because of the, the, it was a tough start and slow start, um, or do you think something else is a happened? Because against City, with Jackers are getting sent off, I thought the players aren't playing for him. It's only a matter of time, and then he's obviously turned it around. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I think. I mean, when you look back, and you know. There's, I think, probably not a not a stream or a podcast without a football supporter complaining that their team have had some bad luck. <laughs> uh, I think that you know Arsenal have have only now just got. I think today was the first uh, or yesterday was the um, first time Arteta's had his full strength side to pick from, and now perhaps Zach is injured uh, after yesterday. Um, mm. You know. Some Arsenal fans maybe won't see that as necessarily a bad thing. It's harder to get sent off from the treatment table. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think he played really well yesterday. And that's yeah. the thing with Zaki. He's so variable. But um, we had our full team. And I mentioned Partey earlier. You know, Ben White's come in. And I think initially either was injured or had COVID. Uh, Gabriel was, uh, was, I think, getting up to speed after the Olympics in defence. Um, party wasn't available from memory from the first few games. So I think that, um, and obviously Tomiyasu has come in as as yeah. a kind of late signing and is, looks brilliant. I mean, he looks like a really yeah, good player. Superb, he? The, the player that we were we were going to get for about three years and then all of a sudden we decided not to. But, yeah. yeah, sorry about we'll that, mate. That. He looks like a good <laughs> no, so I think it's Yeah, I think it's fresh blood either coming back or coming in. And um, I think, like I said, it's momentum. You know, you look at, we won two games 1-0 before this game. Uh, they could have gone very differently. Um, Norwich and Burnley, again, the sort of teams that a, you know, a team hoping to compete for uh, for the top end of the table, they should be beating. But again, the sorts of teams that we quite regularly lose against. So mm-hmm. I think those were quite small margins. And then I think actually, honestly, Yesterday was sort of the best game Arsenal could have had. North London derby, Spurs not in a great place. Um, yeah. Perfect timing. So I think it's it's all of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's amazing, isn't it? Three weeks ago, Spurs fans would go, keep Arteta in. We don't want him to lose his job. We're top of the league. You've lost all three. It's amazing how quickly he can turn around. But I mean, I was so upset. When I saw Jacker started, perfect opportunity. Go storming in on him, foul him, tread on his toes, do something like that, wind him up. <laughs> But Don't give away Man- our secrets, Chris. This is how we play. <laughs> <laughs> but Man City, I mean, it was epitomised by Tanganga. First minute that he got, or first chance he got on Sterling and then Grealish when he swapped over straight into him. You're in for a game here. Yeah. 
I mean, surely part and parcel of a, of a London derby showed them you're in for a game and there was none of it, it was standing off. It was, I mean, none of you guys didn't really go storming in, but you didn't bloody have to. It was just, um, yeah. And then we come to the tactics, Nuno's tactics. And uh, I didn't realise how bloody bad it was until I saw Carragher's piece where you had Deli Alley up with Kane, Undor Bele left wing and uh, Hoiberg left uh, fullback. And this was after five seconds, and then after a minute, and then after five minutes, he showed, and then the goal happened where it's the same. That's your three midfield that's yeah. supposed to be in the middle. And, I mean, I can't believe that Arteta thought, well, they're going to line up like this. So it's obviously credit to your players that they've seen those gaps, although Stevie Wonder could have seen those <laughs> gaps. But you've still got to make those count. And they did it time and time again. So you have to think that the players saw there was an opportunity there and said, right, we're going to do that time and time again. And that's where the goals came from. But I mean, I, I said again, uh, against Palace with Nuno, I haven't got a problem with him picking the wrong lineup or the wrong tactics because there's hundreds of managers that have done that before, hundreds of managers will since. But for God's sake, change it when it's not working, surely. And I mean, for what Carragher showed within the first five minutes of three of them, where if you'd have done a better header or a better pass, you were completely clean through. But I mean, I mean, I, I didn't notice it watching the game. I only noticed it when I was watching Carragher earlier. But I mean, could you believe how open we were in a, in a derby, especially where we've conceded three goals in the last two games? Uh, not uh, even more than that. Uh, eight, uh, no, ten. Ten if you include European and uh, Carabao Cup. So you'd think, wouldn't you, keep it tight, keep it tight. But could you believe how open it was for you and how many chances you had, certainly in that first 10 minutes? No, not at all. And I think that's, again, it's a really like it's a really good observation. I think that... Um, it's Carragher's observation. I can't take credit <laughs> for that. I'm afraid well, I didn't it's not like to. I didn't say it was yours, to be fair. But, you know, you could have claimed <laughs> it. I wouldn't have. <laughs> I wouldn't have. Um, yeah, it was... It was it was shocking, uh, and you know I think for me a lot of a lot of the times we maybe go a little bit overboard with our reactions in terms of being passionate about the clubs <laughs> we support, but that was really 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 poor, and um, we benefited from it. I said I mean I think when you were talking about the turnaround, I mentioned that for us it was the energy, it was the ruthlessness, but it was also having those opportunities. And I kept, I cast my mind back to games where we've played against people like uh, Man City or, or Chelsea. And again, you know, quite often we've had that initial period of, um, of energy followed by just letting these huge gaps go past and it was it was i'm sorry this is probably the worst thing for the chat <laughs> We're gonna get, i shouldn't have given out my twitter i'm gonna get all kinds of stuff but you know it was a bit like watching arsenal i'm afraid it was there was sometimes it was almost like they were ushering the uh, ushering the arsenal players through the midfield and just saying yeah. go and have a, have a run it was it was a bit baffling and it's interesting when you pick up on the tactics because i mean i wasn't I wasn't really watching it. Obviously, for, for today, I was trying to sort of pay a, a bit more attention to what Tottenham were doing and the tactical side of things. But um, it did strike me as as a confidence thing or an attitude thing. Uh, I don't know how much of that is about the coaching because I'd imagine. But then if I was the coach, um, I you'd like to think, however calm you are as a person you would be trying to get that point across it might be shouting and screaming it might be calmly but it didn't look whenever the camera cut to, to Nuno he didn't to me look like he was he was desperate for things to change and again contrast with Arteta who I think is it helps that he's very energetic on the sidelines but I'm sure some of the guys watching this or listening in uh, you know will notice the contrast between the two managers and that's always frustrating when you've lost. Yeah, we'll talk about the managers in a bit, but I think Nuno just doesn't have an idea of what to do sometimes. And But yeah, I mean, the third goal obviously came about for Kane. I'm going to defend Kane a little bit here. Um, he obviously had a bad game. Ben White bullied him. I've always said I don't think Kane's the best at holding the ball up or in the air, back to goal. But... There's people saying that Kane just doesn't look interested and everything like that, which you can argue is the case. But I think if he wasn't interested, he obviously slipped over the ball. But he tackled Saka in our box. 
Yeah. And then obviously the ricochet because no one else reacted apart from Saka. But if Kane wasn't interested, I don't think he makes that 70-yard run. And it wasn't him jogging and Saka got held up for about five minutes. So I don't think it helps Kane. We haven't got a playmaker and he's trying to play that role as well and no one's running beyond him. Yeah. And we don't look like we're, we're going to create anything. So I think he's getting frustrated and trying to do too much. Uh, but obviously, slipping over the ball, that happens. But if he's not interested, he doesn't make that 70-yard run for me and try and stop it. But what did you make of his performance? What have you made of him this year? Uh, obviously, no love loss for Kane because of Spurs, but he is an England captain as well, so that it does have a bit of a, not an effect, but you have some interest in him. But what have you made of him this season? What did you make of him, uh, yeah, yesterday? Yeah, it was. Um, I, I agree with what you were saying. First of all, he he um, he chased back all the way, mm-hmm. and he was he was pretty unlucky with the. I think he hit it three mm-hmm. times in that sliding tackle yeah. <laughs> um, to line it up for Saka. It's so more that Saka was the only one who was who reacted, and there were two defenders next yeah. to him. They just they asked, oh. And again, I wonder if that's confidence because Saka really looked so sharp there. He mm-hmm. was um, he was very very quick with his feet he was also very quick minded I think in that moment so but yeah Kane was unlucky there I thought overall um, I agree something looks a bit off uh, this season I don't think I doubt that you know it's it's easy I think to associate that with you know the transfer hmm. transfer saga or the the drama uh, potentially with, with Man City pre-season um, I don't think that's necessarily the case um, but you know these players are human he's bound to kind Mm. of it's bound to creep into your mind I think at some point you know if things are going badly you start to not only doubt yourself and the people around you I'm sure there's lots of uh, support they get to avoid doing that but I'm sure he's also there must be part of him sort of thinking you know maybe I shouldn't be here um or maybe I didn't intend to be here rather um so maybe that is part of it. I thought the the interesting thing for me that I or the thing that I really picked up on was he missed a he missed a pretty good header chance and mm. then he missed a good chance in the second half where I really thought he should have scored. And um, the one your keeper saved. Uh, no, he put it past the he put it past the same post his header went past. I can't remember quite the build up. Oh, I can't remember him, that but, one. I remember the yeah. header that was poor. Yeah, he, he had two, and again, you know, I think. Honestly, and I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts in the chat and everyone else, but to me, I mean, Kane's been such, Kane and Son have been such a lethal duo, really, over the last few seasons. And Kane's stayed fit so much, you know, even when he got injured, he came back pretty quickly. Um, And it's almost, to me, it almost feels like uh, these are the dips that you go through. And Tottenham have been... And Spurs supporters have been fortunate enough, I think, to get a really consistent run out of Harry Kane. And I think this probably just shows that, you know, he's he's so important to that team and he's going through a dip and the team are going through a dip. Yeah, I, I think losing Ericsson, not replacing him, is a big, big issue. Uh, yeah. I mean, the problems are more than just on the pitch and on the dugout. I mean, the problems run all the way to the top, but we don't need to get into that. I mean, we're talking about the game and... But, I mean, it's obvious what the problem is at Tottenham and that's uh, a certain chairman and a certain company. Being that they showed more uh, interest in the Anthony Joshua fight than, uh, you know, helping the manager out and uh, buying the players that the manager wants and getting a manager that they wanted. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the second half, we obviously played better. I mean, we had to. I mean, he could have been fired on the spot there if we hadn't have improved in the second half. I thought Skip played quite well. I thought he'll... While he didn't play that great, he he showed at least a bit of desire for our goal. It was him who wanted it more than whoever your right back was uh, to get it through to, uh, must have been Reguillon. And unbelievably, as it sounds, after that first half, we could quite easily have got a draw out of that because I thought Kane should have had a penalty. It's certainly a foul. The question mark for me was, was it on the line? Was it in the box? Was it outside? And then obviously Ramsdale's brilliant save at the end. But, I mean, was there any part of you worried in the second half? Did you think it was a penalty? Uh, th- th- even if the, the, the more of a chance goes in, there were about three, four minutes left in that game and you would have just sat completely back. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, but, of course, of course, I was worried. <laughs> I've, I've watched Arsenal. Many years. We've we've thrown away uh, more uh, solid uh, chances than that. You know, more more reliable wins than that. So, yeah, no. If there's ever a chance to to clutch defeat from the jaws of victory, we can we can usually snatch it. Um, was I worried? Yeah, I was worried. I I also my first reaction was I thought it was a penalty. Um, watching it again, I think there's a, I think there's at least some kind of debate that could be had, but um, I wouldn't have been surprised to see it given, which is one of those expressions that I <laughs> tried to avoid saying. But there we go. Uh, I didn't say I've seen them given, so at least there's something there. Um, but um, yeah, I was I was worried, and I think again, I mean, you you, you glossed over it uh, in the first half. I think the Xhaka. Um, nudge uh, in the build-up to one of our goals I've also seen kind yeah. of given as a foul and I think I think he's got to be stronger though there Hoiberg it's a nudge yeah fine but he's got to be stronger there but but not to not to lay a trap I mean to me there's some similarity there uh you know uh strikers we don't we don't expect to be strong and stay up uh and um, Hoiberg were, were criticising. So, yeah, I don't think it was clean cut. I was worried. And, yeah, that, that chance at the end, that Mora shot, was a great shot and, and credit to Ramsdale because he hadn't had a huge amount mm. to do. And I think he's uh, one of the players, again, who's, who's really sort of shown their, shown their mettle in the last few games. So, yeah, um, if that had gone in and we had four minutes of injury time with uh, Spurs mm. bombing forward, that could have been pretty, pretty yeah. tense. I mean, if we haven't got anything, it would have been absolute robbery. We didn't deserve it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I thought it was a penalty or at least a foul. The, the only question mark for me was, was it in the area or was it not? But I think that I, I only saw it on the game and the replays during the game. I couldn't bring myself to watch Massive of the Day. I don't know if they talked about it or not. But he definitely got kicked, I think. And a penalty or not, foul or not, it's still a, a bit of a silly thing for a defender to do because... Now with VAR, you're giving referees or officials or whoever a decision to make, but it obviously wasn't given. We didn't deserve anything anyway, certainly after that first half. But, I mean, when have you... Uh, you've seen thousands of times, haven't you, uh, teams who don't deserve anything from a game suddenly get something from a game. I mean, Watford and Wolves, we didn't really deserve that much because we didn't play that well, and yet we get three points out of them, but... Yeah, no, I, I think, I don't know, I, I, I've heard some stuff uh, this season about um, some changes to VAR and it does feel um, with that sort of decision, I, I kind of feel like that was a decision that would have given a penalty last season. Mm. Um, and I think that they've decided, uh, I don't know if this is entirely accurate, so I'm sure someone will correct me in the chat or afterwards, but um it feels anyway like they're, they've sort of raised the threshold a little bit in terms of VAR anyway to sort of say that things look worse in, in slow-mo. And um, yeah, I think you could definitely argue it could be a penalty and um, without uh, without gloating too much, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> I think, I can't remember when it happened. It must have been around about the hour mark. Yeah. But I mean, if it, you'd bet money, wouldn't you, if it had been given, Kane scores that. 3-1 then with half an hour left. Uh, yeah. I, I, de I definitely think the second half performance of us had in part to do with the fact that you were 3-0 up. There's no point you and no value in you bombing forward, getting kicked off, uh, pinged on the counter-attack a couple of times, and then all of a sudden the game's up in the air again. So it was, it was more of a counter-attack and game for you. So I think while we did play better, I think it was helped by you sitting back a little bit more. But, I mean, if we started like that, it doesn't matter if you were sitting back or not. We showed a bit of desire in it half. If we started like that, we've actually got a game on our hands rather than, a, a, a you know, a 3-0 deficit to claw back in the second half. Just, oh. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's pretty much what uh, Born to Lose. Hi, buddy. Uh, always uh, uh, watches, always comments. What on earth did uh, Spurs fan, what on earth did we do as loyal fans deserve that insipid and spineless first half display against our biggest rivals? We can't get up for that game. We've got serious problems. Exactly my issue yesterday. But yeah, uh, so I'll cut you off there. <laughs> yeah, second half. Uh, 
I can't even remember what I was saying now. No, but it was. I mean, I think you you're right. I think you were the reason you forgot, I think, was because it was it was uh slightly encouraging signs. And you, you were talking about how if you'd started that way, yeah. um, maybe things either things would have gone differently, or at least I'd imagine you and you know, everyone else watching would would at least feel like you'd sort of given it a good. I mean, it's small consolation, obviously, whenever whenever one our team loses, but um, you would have felt like they were at least giving it, you know, giving it a good fight. Um, I do think, yeah, had that goal gone, it had that penalty been given, had they scored, it would have been a different game. But I I sort of also think one of that playing, um, you know, if they were chasing the game. Uh, that sort of plays into this current Arsenal's team's mm. uh, strengths as well. And one of the things I did notice, and again, I don't know if you you thought this, but but certainly occurred to me was even after that that first goal, that Son goal, it didn't feel it didn't feel like a barrage then, and you no. still had a decent ten minutes plus injury time. Um, I think that you know it wasn't a constant constant threat on our goal even then, and so no. it, again it comes back to your point about uh, attitude or confidence that you would have thought yes had had you got a penalty and scored it um, there would be momentum, but you would have thought that after the song goal and until the more a chance I I'm probably missing stuff, but I can't remember it being a like I wasn't I wasn't my nails are good yeah. you know I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> my way through them for the last 10 minutes I would have been had that had that more goal gone in right at the end yeah I, I, I think the, the goal went in 73 or something like that didn't it so I was watching that going oh get if we get a goal in the next five next 10 game yeah. on game on uh but yeah I, I'm like you I can't really remember anything that I'd consider a, a real good chance uh before the more Kane had that one, didn't he? Where he was one on one and put it just past the post. But I'm sure that they said it was offside. But even so, he should be scoring that. But I think that was before Sun's goal. But yeah, yeah. I mean, if it, I I was hoping Sun goal goes in, you guys sit back. We either can then attack you at will almost and create chance after chance. And whether you didn't sit back or whether we just don't have the confidence to go full out like that, it just didn't really happen and um, more of his chance really was from outside the box so it was, it, even I uh, hit the bar because we're brilliant save it's not what you call a clear-cut chance the the Kane header the one past post I can't remember the, the one where he put it just past the post they are clear-cut chances and he should be scoring them really but uh, like I said it would have been robbery if we got any of them if we'd have got anything out of that game robbery because that first half performance and it, it could have easily been five nil to you at half time. Yeah. And while it would have been awful, I don't think any Spurs fan could really begrudge it because we just didn't turn up at all and didn't show the effort. And and what I hate about the second half as well is he brought Skip on, so it's Hoyberg and Skip marshalling that defence. I can't remember you having too many clear cut chances in the second half. Again that might be because you didn't really try for them but we look so much more solid so <laughs> you don't have to wait 45 minutes and three nil down and do that you can do that after 20 minutes if it's not working it, it's not a problem you just speak to the player who's come off and just say it's not not you it's my fault you're playing next week and yeah that's why i don't understand it quite obviously wasn't working but i mean yeah I haven't had a band like this on our show for a little while. I'm, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just letting you go, Chris. You, you yeah. uh, get it all out, mate. It's, uh, yeah. it's well, well, while we're talking about the managers, Nuno and Arteta, we're, we're in a similar kind of situation that uh, I, I don't know about you, but I was speaking to Luca uh, and Stephen uh, Featley uh, yesterday. He, he invited me on his uh, show after the game, and thankfully, he, Arsenal fan, he's very nice about it. He wasn't <laughs> laughing. He's uh, ill at the moment, so uh, get well soon, Stephen. Um, but yeah, uh, those guys were both saying they didn't want Arteta. Uh, Lu Luca was very much get out. Uh, and Nuno wasn't obviously our first choice. He was about seventh. And now with all of these results, that there'll be people saying get out. So we're in a similar kind of boat there. But um, we'll start with Arteta because you're the Arsenal fan. Uh, what do you make of uh, Arteta? Did you want him in? Uh, do you think he's um, the right man for you? He talks about the process and the project. Um, or, or do you think there's issues there and he's, got, he, he's uh, giving himself more time after yesterday? 
Yeah, yeah, the, the, the process indeed. Um, yeah, I, I, I had my doubts when we uh, when we went for him. I think that football teams in general. I can't think of another industry where you know the equivalent of being a good player suddenly makes you a good <laughs> manager. And I think at least Arteta obviously had his experience coaching under Pep. So, but you know some of the some of the ex players who get pretty high profile gigs uh, as managers I, I find it staggering but anyway that's a that's more of a general point Arteta I think when he came in um I was impressed with him initially I I think I'd contrast him to Freddie actually Freddie Umberg because when he came in as a caretaker manager um I really um that felt like a, a kind of you know nostalgia appointment whereas Arteta as I said because he'd had the experience under Pep and then the way that he spoke in terms of he was very critical where it needed to be and I thought he was honest whereas in stark contrast particularly to Freddie he had been there just for a few games before it was noticeable how he, he didn't seem to see anything wrong Arteta really called out the things that he, he didn't like so I appreciated that I think he had a bad season last season it's you know the results mm-hmm. the, the position proves that I think there's some mitigating circumstances last season and I compared to the, the guys you mentioned from yesterday I think I'm probably was always slightly more in favor of giving him time although it was obviously very testing, you know, the start of the season and these three games, had they not gone in the same way, you know, the same as they have and, and we're sort of on, on a bit of a run, um, he would be under so much pressure. And um, I think just coming to Tottenham, because obviously that's what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm, I'm trying, Chris, I'm trying. Um, <laughs> I appreciate then, it. <laughs> thank you. Then, yeah, I wonder, you know, you talked earlier about um, Nuno not making changes early. I think I mentioned, I don't know if it was it was before we came on, on there, but, you know, to me, he, he didn't look, uh, he looked nervous. He looked um, a little bit short of ideas to me yesterday. And I wonder how much of that, just looking from the outside, you know, Everyone knows that he's, what, not even first three choices for this role. Um, That puts a certain pressure on you. I think Arteta um, had a different type of pressure. But Nuno, you know, how many many managers did Tottenham go in for before they got him? Uh, And I think that that will make it very difficult for him over the next few games. I don't know what you think. What do you reckon? Uh, I don't know. We've got a question from Born to Lose here. Uh, We all know who the real culprit is for the current state of Tottenham. Obviously, we know that. If we lose badly without any fight against Villa, that's our next game before the international break. Would you want Nuno sacked? I I don't want a manager sacked and he has to have time. It's not his fault he's inherited the, the, the squad that don't have a playmaker and everything like that. And I mean, he could have got one in the uh, transfer window. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's not helping himself. Uh, I mean, uh, lowest goals to expected goals ratio, conceding goals hand over fist, playing all of our midfield over on the left and uh, leaving a massive gap against our big rivals. The player's not showing any fight, which is that the player's fault or is that the manager that can't G them up? But yeah, I mean, I don't want him fired, but if we keep losing like this, it's only going to go one way, isn't it? You can't carry on like that. I mean, uh, yeah, and, and Born to Lose has said to clarify, uh, that's if you are in our position. So I'll ping the question back up again. If we if we lose badly, uh, we're at home to Villa as well. If we get battered by Villa without any fight, would you want him sacked? If you were a Spurs fan. So if it was a Arsenal in our position, you had Villa next, got battered, would you want the manager sacked? Yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't just gonna say yes, yes, the whole team, rid <laughs> of them all, rid of them all, born to lose. Um, no, I, uh, it wouldn't be the I, worst I'm, sort thing with, <laughs> I'm sort of with you. I, uh, I don't like, uh, I don't like seeing managers go, especially this quickly. Um, I think, I mean, there was a time when um, Nuno was being talked about as our next manager, as as Arsenal's mm. manager, and uh, you know what he did at, at Wolves early on. Um, was pretty impressive and he was playing really good football. So they were playing really good football. So I think that to me, it comes down to 
would you, if things are like this, the results, the performances, um, if things go in that direction, would you want everything to stay the same? That's how I would kind of flip the question around. And what fan or even, you know, what um, what owner would want everything to stay the same? So then what do you change, I think, is the question. And, you know, you'd like to think a manager would change something meaningful themselves. They're, they're you know, they're in control of which players they put on the pitch, the tactics. Um, they can't control how how players execute those, and that's down to the players, and there's a responsibility there. Um, but they do have a few like levers to pull, if you will. So I suppose what I would say is I'd I'd obviously want something to change. I mean, it, you, you can't you can't lose three. I was going to say three 0 but you you got one, didn't you, yesterday? So that's progress. <laughs> Sorry, I'm allowed a couple in this episode. Yeah. I'm going to keep it brief. But, you know, you can't lose a considerable number of goals each game. You can't perform like you did, especially for the first half, uh, over and over again and expect, um, you know, everyone to be happy. So I wouldn't switch the manager, but the manager uh, has to do something different to to earn that. And, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't resent fans who are, you know, questioning if he's the right guy if he doesn't make changes himself. Yeah, I mean, Daryl Denton's uh, uh, put the lyrics to uh, well, Vite <laughs> uh, to Nowhere. I'm not sh- sure of the song, but uh, I've looked up. They are lyrics based on a, yeah, I assumed it was a song, but uh, I mean, it speaks volumes. But Nuno, I don't, I think's on borrowed time anyway, regardless. Mm. If he, I mean, if he won us a league, he wouldn't have been. But he had a two-year contract given. Pochettino's got two years left, or did have two years left, left when um, Nuno was appointed. I think that's possibly why they've kept Mbappe. They're desperate to win that Champions League and then he can go off into the sunset. Yeah. Uh, and then it works for Levy, obviously. He's got rid of Nuno for free because his contract has expired. He gets Poch in for free because he's not in a contract. But I would worry if, if that... I've got no stats or, or, or um, you know evidence to back that up. It's just what I think. But I'd be very worried if I was Poch, if that was the case under Levy, because he's not going to change. And until that changes, then that's an issue. But with Arteta, do you think there's a, a possible reason that the, the fans don't like him? Because you're in a similar position, I think, to Man United. You've both had wildly successful managers over two decades. A lot of your fans, certainly younger fans, for United will only know the Ferguson years where they were winning. A lot of your younger fans will only know Wenger years when you were winning and from when you were winning, you know, the Invincibles and Henri and Vieiras and all, all of this business. And you've obviously got Emery, didn't work, following Wenger's just like Moyes following a, a, a Ferguson. It's, <laughs> you know, and then you're on your second manager since you're, well, I'd probably say your most successful manager ever. Yeah. And so he, 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 it's only really now Solskjaer after, I don't know how many years uh, Ferguson retired, six maybe, that the, the comparisons with Ferguson have kind of gone away, where you're still fairly new in that that process. So there's a possibility that Arteta is always going to be judged against um, Wenger. So do you think that could be happening, or do you think he's his own kind of person and the Arsenal fans are understanding it's a transitional period, or do you think it's we want success now because we've had it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I very conscious I don't represent Arsenal fans. You know, I just need to come on Twitter to know, to know that we don't always don't always agree. You won't see me on uh, AFTV or whatever it is. But, um, you know, I think that there is a bit of that. But also it's comparing, you know, it's not comparing to Wenger in the last few years where lots of those yeah, same yeah. fans were desperate for him to go and, and being... Uh, I think um, I think they, so, you know, in some ways had a good point, but also were pretty out of order. So it's it's kind of casting your mind back to the glory years and you know a period of time where there was less competition. Uh, my personal mm. take on it, and maybe this is a bit, um, you know, I should uh, I should uh, get more ranty for clicks and stuff. But um, <laughs> my personal attitude to these sorts of things is that. Um, the standard, I think, of the Premier League has just gone up so significantly. I mean, I watch uh, City, United and Chelsea and, and certainly I've got no love lost for at least two of those sides. 
Uh, and um, it's it's phenomenal the football that they're playing now and again. Um, and you know when when Arsenal were uh, competing, um, you know competing for for the for the actual um, top spot. Um, it was really, you know, two, maybe three teams uh, fighting it out. And now you look at the the top, you know, realistically top sort of six or seven, um, certainly those top four. And I, I'm sorry, I don't think we're, you or I are in that. Oh, we're team. nowhere near. I predicted we could get top four, but now there's no chance. The top half is a, yeah potentially a dream for us if we carry on the way that we're carrying on. Yeah, so I think that's the other thing, just to come back to your question, um, I think that's the other thing Arteta's up against and, and any manager, I think, for for a side that aren't spending huge amounts and um, don't have those resources. Um, although, obviously, also spent a lot of money over the... I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of you, chat. I know you're going to say it. Um, but, you know, we spent a lot of money over the summer. But, um, you know, we are shopping in a different market. I think it's, I think it's really tough. So... I think there's it's really interesting. I don't know. Um, there's a there's a journalist um, he used to cover Reading actually, Charles Watson. Um, I watch a lot of his videos, and it was really interesting him pointing out that the the support in the stadium for Arsenal, even in in our fairly bored, bad performances, is pretty good um, compared to the reaction on on Twitter and kind of out there in in the comment sections in general. And I think there is at least among a smaller group of fans, um, a sort of sense of a sense of realism that, um, you know, there is this belief in the, in the, the project a little bit in the sense that it's going to take time. And um, so I, I think Arteta is, he's never going to, he's never going to convince people who want us to win the league this season. Uh, those people, I mean, I want some of whatever they're smoking. Um, but um, in general, I think, more realistic fans then i think he's you know again it's comes down to performances and it comes down to results but you know we're seeing that progress and that was the thing even in the later arsenal years and the thing i think you guys are, are dealing with now which is if you don't progress even if that's static and certainly if you're going backwards um but if you don't progress then obviously fans get get pretty restless so i think that's what we're seeing now yeah. so. Yeah, it's fairly similar to us, I think, in a sense. Uh, quickly, uh, Bob Spurs. Aubameyang is ugly. Sorry, that's the best banter I can give after yesterday's debacle. Unfortunately, ugly players can score goals as well. But how are you doing, Bob? I've uh, been on the show a, a lot of times. Uh, really big supporter. Love Bob. Um, I need to turn my camera off, Bob. I didn't realise we were. Uh, <laughs> I realised that that's, that was the that was the standard of, of judgment. Uh, but, uh, well, I, yeah, I, I'm on here, so you're. I'm on here, so you're fine. Um, he's got a lovely but, set of gnashes, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but we're we're in a fairly similar situation. You've obviously had your most successful manager. It's all relative, obviously. Our success, most successful manager, was getting through to a few finals and regular Champions Leagues. But I think. It then raises expectation, and when you don't meet those expectations, that's when it's kind of unacceptable. But 16-17 season, when we finished second, you could argue that domestically that was our height, and that was where uh, Levy met, didn't make any signings. And, and you know, I mean, under Wenger, early years, he didn't make a huge amount of signings in terms of oh my god, they've got that player. But he. he had a plan, didn't he? It was young players, coach them up, sell them for massive profit when they were world stars. But it obviously worked. And yeah, we're in a similar kind of situation where your expectations have got really high because you were winning leagues and stuff. And then they, your performances have dropped below that level. And then we're the same. Um, but I mean, we, the, the football that we're playing, we're, we're, we're used as well not to having the success under Pochettino that we did, you know, relative success. But it was entertaining football, whereas yeah. now it's absolute dross. And, and coming after the Jose Mourinho era as well. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I, sorry, Chris, sorry, I think there were a couple of things I was I was kind of thinking about before today, and and whether I would uh, whether I would say them. But come on, you you guys have had a rough weekend, so so this one's for you. I I think the football you've been playing the last few seasons, you know, it's been oh, you know, previous seasons were around the area you were just talking around mm -hmm. um it was it was so good to watch and you know mm -hmm. watching a 
this is going to get me ostracized but you know <laughs> watching, <laughs> watching, a, watching a Spurs match especially because I was less less stressed and ranty about it you know it was was a pleasure and yeah watching them mm. play um yesterday and in, in highlights that I've seen the rest of this season yeah I, I totally agree with what you're saying yeah, I mean, Levy wrote us fans a letter in a program, or he wrote to the fans saying we're getting back to the Spurs DNA, and then we're playing like this. So it's just lies after lies. But we we don't need to get into the whole Levy <laughs> thing; it'll just upset me. But um, yeah, in terms of the season, obviously, it's very difficult to to say. We're six games in, I think. But it's difficult to say is it taking shape or not. But I mean. For Arsenal and Spurs, what do you see the season ahead for both? Because obviously you're on the up. There's very, very small chance of certainly you, possibly us, getting into that top four or even Europe for us. Uh, but if we carry on, we'll be in a relegation battle if we're shipping goals like this. But like you said, he's got to make a change, uh, not just a little tweak here or there. He's got to make a big change, Nuno, certainly if he wants to keep his job, because if this carries on, he's off. Yeah. Uh, no, but, I yeah, agree. You're on the up. Uh, so, what do you see for Arsenal's season going forward? Uh, you've got rid of uh, two of the big hitters. And, and you could argue that even though we were terrible, Spurs is a big hitter as well because it's not like a normal game of Derby. It, it, it Generally, form kind of goes out the window there regardless of how you're playing. So, it is a big game for both of us. So, we've essentially both got three big hitters out of the way. Yeah, what do you see for the season ahead for... Uh, Arsenal first and then uh, Spurs. Yeah, so I think for Arsenal, it, it comes down to whether we can keep the team fit. I think if you look at our, I was looking at our squad uh, uh, ahead of ahead of this. Hey, I was doing some research, Chris. Um, and uh, just thinking, I think we've got, to me, our starting 11 now is actually a really, really good starting starting eleven. I'm quite happy with them. And we've got some strength in depth in some areas, but not others. So, you know, if we can keep everyone fit, um, and then January is an issue around the um, African Cup of Nations. Um, with Aubameyang's off, isn't he? Isn't he African? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if they're... Are they qualified? But yeah, he, he would be involved uh, if they're qualified. And then Partey. And I think mm. uh, Thomas Partey is the, is the really big one because if he's playing well, um, I think that he's, you know, compared to last season, he's had a season to bet in. I think he's really important. So if everyone's fit and people don't get sent off, I'm looking at you, Granite. Uh, <laughs> then, um, I think we, we have a really good chance of hitting Europe. But yeah, I don't, realistically, I think it's Europa League has got to be the target. Um, and just keeping that squad healthy and, and playing together. That's the key. Um, for you guys, it's so hard to say. I mean, so much of this is re recency bias. I don't know how, how you felt after three games, but remember you were, you were top of the league. I think that was flattering as much as us being bottom was, was you know, misrepresentative as well. Um, so I think, you know, at the moment in the league, any any team is one good run away from um, from sort of turning their season around. I think uh, this season it does to me look like this is going to be a tough season for Tottenham, especially if Kane, if his sort of dodgy patch continues. I think that's a real problem. And, and you mentioned the lack of um, creative midfielder. I think that's a really big issue. D Deli Ali, I thought, I can't remember if it was when it was, maybe it was even in a pre-season against us. I thought I remembered him having a really good game. Uh, mm. And um, that certainly wasn't the case yesterday. So um, I think for for Spurs, I think, you know, again, I think we've, we're kind of fishing in the same pool in general at the moment. And I think more than probably ever, um, the competition, you know, I know the fans love the love the competition between the two clubs anyway, but it feels to me like we are we are sort of in a similar place. We just happen to be on a better run at the moment. So yeah. I think we're looking slightly more um positive at the moment in terms of Europe. But I think we should both be aiming for Europa League at, at best. Um and for us that comes back to that, you know, that um, project or process that we keep talking about. <laughs> uh, and for you guys, yeah, I, I don't know. Again, what do you what do you think? Well, I don't know. I've got a question from Bob Spur here. Mm. Are you questioning why Arsenal haven't played like yesterday previously? And are you confident this will be some form of turning point? Obviously Ooh. for Arsenal there. 
Yeah. Um, but also, no, like I to point think... out as well, he's a, he said that Levy has come through with his promise of open attack and an expansive football. Unfortunately, Babs <laughs> tell us it would be played by the opposition. But yeah, in terms of a. Yeah. Do you, do you think this could be a turning point? I, I, I think yesterday was a huge game for both managers, both well, Arteta yeah. not so much under pressure now, but no, was earlier. Nuno was, wasn't under pressure. Yeah. No, it's a good question. I'm not sure it's a turning point as such. I think it builds on, I think the last three games uh, build, you know, what yesterday showed is that we can score more than one goal in a game. So that's nice because, you know, it it was sort of no goals for three games and then one in the the next two in in the league anyway. Um, So that was important. I think beating a kind of bigger team, and again, I say that with... uh, with all kind of due respect to Spurs, um, you know, beating a, a bigger team, you know, a bigger occasion as well. I think people have pointed out that Odegaard is uh, is a sort of player who actually steps up on those occasions, which is interesting. Whereas I think we have even our big players have tended to step back a bit in those games. So that's that's progress. I think I wouldn't describe it as a turning point. I would describe it as a step forward. And I think that uh, yesterday really. Um, built on it but the problem with Arsenal and again this is a Tottenham podcast so we won't go on about it but the problem with Arsenal to answer your question Bob was that um, we're always just one game away from uh, destroying our our, our <laughs> run uh, so it is quite possible uh, that after today we could um, we could turn in an absolute dog of a performance against uh, a, a sort of less challenging team on paper and we could be uh back to square one so I hope it is a step forward it feels like it it was a good performance um and um yeah unfortunately you guys sort of contributed towards that a bit with mm. with you not being quite up to your usual standards yeah I'm not sure about that our usual standards in recent weeks haven't been <laughs> any better but uh, um, I mean first three games nice. of the season we obviously I, I thought we played I went to the city game I thought we played really well they're obviously going to have a lot of the ball but we had a real attacking threat I mean, yeah. I, I haven't got a problem being defensive if you've got an attacking threat as well. But when, yeah. when you're defensive with no attacking threat, like we were against Palace, it's just, uh, you can't play football like that and hope that, you know, they don't score like, with their 12 chances and you get one and score. You can't play like that. But after last season with our absolutely shoddy defence, I was quite pleased three clean sheets and, and the the... the Skip and Hoiberg were uh, marshalling that defence quite well. Uh, so we didn't look like conceding a huge amount. I, I know Wolves had a lot of chances, but they're going to get chances with try always pace, but they didn't really create anything hugely clear-cut, I don't think. I mean, it was a long time ago, so I could be confused there. And Watford was Saar. He, was, he, was he got the ball quite a lot, but he was always encouraged to go in infield where there was too much traffic. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was slightly worried we weren't creating any chances, really. And eventually you're going to concede goals. And if you're not going to score goals, you're not going to win games. But I, I certainly didn't expect a, a nine-goal haul in three games. And, uh, you know, the best defence in the league, now one of the worst. Manager of the month, now one of the worst. But, I mean, yeah, what I don't understand is is how you can't, like Born to Lose said, if if you can't get up for North London derby, you should be playing in one. Yeah, I think that's where that's kind of where we started, wasn't it? And yeah, um, yeah I, I agree entirely. And it's not just, just the London derby; it's the London derby. If you can't get up for the London derby, I mean, it, Chelsea is bad enough, but at least we started well in that match. Yeah, it was and, just and as we, soon as Chelsea turned it on, we couldn't cope, and then we just completely capitulated. But if Nuno doesn't change stuff around, like you said, he's out the door. Yeah. If we get battered by a, a, a Villa and then Man United after the international break, both at home, which if we defend like that, Ronaldo's having a field day and Fernandez is having a field day and whoever else plays with them on the wing. Um, but yeah, um, but does he go back to the boring football and then try and keep a clean sheet and try and nick one? Uh, he's going to have to do something. But there's a balancing act, isn't there? Without that playmaker, we don't have the transitional play. We can break it up in the defence. Don't have anyone to get it to the forwards, or we break it, or we get it back to goal up front. Don't have anyone to ping it out wide. But yeah, so you're looking a much more balanced team at the moment. Yeah, where where do you think we'll both end up? 
I, I reckon you'll be Europa, maybe. I, I, I don't think you've got enough for um, no. Champions League at all. I, I reckon Europa, but uh, again, like, you know, the African Cup of Nations, if uh, Aubameyang does go and Partey and they're your best players and then they're out for the best part of two months, that could have a negative effect. I still don't think your defence is that great. Uh, the, the amount of room Son had for his goal was yep. slightly worrying. Uh, against better teams, as you've seen against Man City, carve you open at will. So, yeah, I, I, maybe maybe for us, if we have a good seat and turn it round, we can get like Europa League. But at this moment in time, we, we must be the worst formed team in the league. Maybe other yeah. than Norwich. Yeah, I guess, but, yeah, based on three games. Yeah, I but, suppose. But, but you'd like to think with the players that we both have, certainly going forward, there's enough there to not have to worry about finishing bottom half. Um, but yeah. it's all confidence, isn't it? I mean, exactly the same as you. We had three wins, got battered by Palace, completely shot us to pieces, and now we're on free fall. And, you know, you had that loss against uh, Brentford and then had two bad losses, obviously, against two of the top teams. Uh, but as you'll know from winning the league, when you're in a bad run, it doesn't matter how, and it was exactly the same against Norwich, it doesn't matter how, just get over the line, get a win, and then build from that, which is what yeah. we've got to do. But the longer, longer, longer it goes on, with more of uncertainty, we're looking for a new manager, the players won't trust the manager, and then we're in free fall again. But yeah, at this moment in time, you're looking the better team, just three wins out of three, but like you say, it could just come crashing down with a bit of a heavy loss in your next game. So I think we're looking at mid-table, really, like eighth, ninth, even though I predicted we could get top four at the start of the season, <laughs> we'll come back to it after Christmas and uh, see how see how we're doing. But yeah. yeah, a lot. So much depends. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, isn't it? We're we're what six games in, and um, immediately, you know, that already the the league is forming. I don't know. I wonder what happens in tonight's game. But Brighton are yeah. a bit of a surprise package at the moment yeah, I'll, and, I'll, I'll have a quick look on bbc sport uh, <laughs> but you know them aside um while you're doing that you know the well, top, yeah the top well, they're one nil down at half time at palace zaha with a penalty there we go so the top four you know are the people you'd expect at the moment and that that league it feels like it's kind of shaping up and where are we we're right next to each other and um you know if yeah. i was if I was having one of my one of my few little gloats, then I think we're just above you, Chris. But uh, generally, uh, we are essentially in the same place, and that kind of sums it up, really. Um, yeah. I think we'll both be fairly inconsistent here this season, yeah. and we'll have a few good wins, we'll have a few bad losses, we'll have a few draws, a few draws where we, you know, get a, a draw from the. Mouth of Vic, uh, mouth of a loss, and uh, I've completely messed that saying that. But um, yeah, I, I think we'll be fairly inconsistent, both of us, this season. And it's, uh, but like I say, I think it's only a matter of time until Pochettino comes back. I think after his tenure at PSG in a, a year and a half, but if he doesn't win that Champions League, he'll probably be fired. And then you know, Nuno's only got a year left, or whoever's in charge, go and get Poch on a free. But. Uh, I'd be worried if Pochettino came back with Levy with this squad because there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Pochettino said that we needed a rebuild, never happened, and we're still in that that stage where we need that rebuild, and it's not happening with the the guy in charge. I That's can see why you, I can see why you'd want him. I I again not trying to take the mick, but I can't quite see why why he'd come back at the moment. Um, but mm. maybe you, you know more than I do there. Well, I've got no evidence to say it's just feeling that with everything that's going on but he, he always said didn't he he'll be back because he's got unfinished business but i'm there we not go. sure he should be back in about three years but yeah, yeah. i mean yeah well, well it's been a i would say it's been a pleasure but i had to relive the game yesterday so it hasn't been a complete one but uh yeah i appreciate the uh gloating kept to a minimum and uh, thank you well, and yeah. just for the record, I agreed to come on before the game, right? So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's become very differently. Yeah. And, you know, in, in the other leg, uh, in the away leg for us, if you want to, uh, you know, oh, yeah, if, you definitely. Guys, if you guys do it, then uh, I'll, oh. I'll come on and hopefully you'll be as kind to me as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, that's next year, isn't it? It's, it must be like February, I think. It's fairly late on in the season. But yeah, I mean... 
Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, before you go, uh, you, you've got uh, obviously your Twitter handle there, Giles Went West. Uh, you've got a video game blog. Yeah, so just to plug, I, I do some writing or have done some writing for Jump Cut Play, a uh, uh, games website. Um, but more recently, uh, I have a podcast, uh, Old Guy Gamer, uh, which I'm on a bit of a summer break. It's uh, I'm pushing it now at the end of September. I need to uh, decide what to do with that one. Uh, but yeah, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, at Giles Went West, or if you fancy a game, I'm on Xbox or PlayStation Network, at Giles Went West as well. Excellent. I'll put all of that in the description uh, on YouTube and Spotify, Apple and all of that. But uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on, Giles. Always a pleasure. pleasure. And uh, back on uh, whenever we're playing you next. Sounds good. Uh, good luck, mate. Yeah, cheers. I mean, we've got Villa next. I mean, please, for the love of God, Tottenham, give me a podcast where I can talk about a win and have a happy podcast, certainly before an international break. And then don't let us uh, have another battering, another three goals conceded and a loss, and then two weeks off. So, yeah, I mean, come on, give us a win. Show some effort, change something, make us better defensively like you were at the start of the season, Nuno. Get some goals and get us a way of playing that is attractive again and that we can hurt teams. Uh, yeah, I'll be back on Friday looking forward to the Villa game. Well, I won't be looking forward to the Villa <laughs> game, but I, the podcast will be. Uh, but until then, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for watching, for everybody who participated in the live chat and added comments. Before you go, please make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Anybody who couldn't watch the live video, you can still catch us on YouTube. Add any comments, suggestions or questions to the comments section on the video. Anybody who's listened to the audio-only podcast, thank you so much for listening. Anybody who wants the audio-only podcast, you can get this wherever you get your podcast from. Alternatively, if you go to Twitter, at LTalkTottenham, you'll find all the information there. We'll be back soon. We're live Mondays, 8pm, Fridays, half 12, UK time. Until then, come on, you Spurs!